0: Oh my God, I could feel everything right now. This baby is coming right
1: now. <laughs> Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. What you can't see can't hurt you, right? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 204 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and today we are speaking with the incredible Natalie Amalani. Natalie is an accomplished woman who strikes a delicate balance between her personal and professional life. She has a bachelor's degree in art with an emphasis in painting. She's an entrepreneur who owns and operates two businesses – which we'll be discussing today, all while making time for her husband and two young daughters. Natalie had two successful all-natural home births and lovingly raises her children with a holistic mindset. Today, we'll be discussing Natalie's births and businesses, one of which focuses on mitigating electromagnetic fields. Natalie and her husband own Blue Shield US, which happens to be my favorite EMF mitigating company. We'll be sharing information regarding EMFs after her birth stories, and we'll be going into even more depth answering your specific questions regarding EMFs next week as well. This is such a fun conversation. It's very light and casual, and I know that there may be some really surprising information for some of you who maybe haven't been exposed to this concept or this understanding of EMFs before, Um, so... I would ask that you just give yourself grace if you're surprised and feel a little bit overwhelmed and know that there's more information coming and there are so many things that we can do um, to protect our families. And this is all perfect timing as Blue Shield is about to have their most massive sale of the year for Black Friday through Cyber Monday. And if you decide you're ready to begin protecting yourself and your baby, my coupon code, HOMEBIRTH, which is all one word, will get you a full 18% off instead of the 15% off you'd get from their discount code on their website. So I will have the link and code in the show notes, but make sure you wait until Black Friday for those unbelievable savings. And I do have a quick little announcement. Um, We're growing a new Fusco over here. (laughs) I am pregnant with baby number three. My husband and I are so excited. Uh, We've shared the news with our daughters, and we're excited to share the news with everyone today. Though I (laughs) don't really believe very much in guest dates, um, we are expecting this baby to be born sometime end of May-ish, June-ish. Um, so yeah, we're we're making it out of the first trimester. And oh my goodness, hopefully I'll uh, get some energy back because that has definitely been the biggest noticeable change so far is I am, I'm dragging folks. <laughs> so say a little prayer, but uh, yeah, we're so excited and I'm thrilled to be able to share the news with you guys today. And This is so fun now, being able to um, facilitate the Home Birth Collective being pregnant myself. And so before we jump into this episode, I've got one last quick question for you, and that is, are you on the wait list for the Home Birth Collective? This incredible community and curriculum-based program is like nothing else in terms of preparing, and I mean truly preparing you for your home birth. And even more, preparing you for the transformation into or back into motherhood. Here's the truth the way that we enter motherhood can truly play a role in how we navigate the experience of being a mother as a whole. When we prepare to soak up every drop of this rite of passage, it cannot help but ready us for whatever motherhood brings. I love to say that birth is a microcosm of the macrocosm, and the lessons that we learn, assuming we're open and ready to receive them, will impact the way that we walk or dance through motherhood with confidence. And that's what I want for you. Whether it's your first or fifth, inside of the Home Birth Collective, I help home birth mothers achieve the empowering birthing experience of their dreams by deprogramming the mainstream mistrust of birth reconnecting with their intuitive feminine wisdom, and relaxing into the birthing process, all within the loving arms of an unbelievably aligned community. So are you ready to truly experience birth as the God-given rite of passage it was designed to be? Make sure you're signed up for our waitlist at myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash collective. We'll be running the next 12-week program from January through March. This experience is extremely intimate and thus spaces are very, very limited. So be sure that you're the first to know when the applications open so that you can get your seat secured. That's myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash collective. All right, with all that in mind, let's go ahead and dig into this incredible episode with Natalie. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and this show is not Medical advice, it's an educational tool. So continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Natalie, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast.
0: Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
1: I'm excited to have you here. You have so much to offer us in terms of your own home birth stories. You own two businesses that are incredibly beneficial, specifically for pregnant mothers, um, and we're definitely going to get into that. So could we just start off here at the beginning with a quick introduction of who you are?
0: Yeah, absolutely. My name is Natalie Amalani. And uh, first and foremost, I am mom to Sage, who's 11, and Luna, who is six. And I gave birth to both of them naturally at home. And um, my husband and I, well, my husband, Brandon, and I own two companies. One's called Shen Blossom. And that one, um, we specialize in rare Japanese Uh, formulations of herbs and functional foods, and our other company is Blue Shield, and with that one, we provide um, as the North American importer and distributor um, of EMF protection uh, devices.
1: So cool. Yeah, and I have had a lot of experience with Blue Shield in my personal life, so I was super excited to get you on here and talk about your experiences, especially when I found out, wait, Natalie's a home birth girl? (laughs) 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 What? And then finding out that you homeschool, we're just we are we're on it. We're on the same link. So (laughs) I'm so excited to hear this. So I'd love for us to kind of start at the beginning. So you and Brandon met, you said in two thousand and nine.
0: That's right. Yeah. Okay, so Mm -hmm. let's
1: hear, let's hear it from there. How did this all unfold? Okay, so
0: I sort of knew Brandon before we officially like met met. He ran um raw food meetup groups here in kansas city and he was really into like the the raw food scene i don't know if you if any of your um audience is familiar with like david wolf or matt monarch any of those people there was this huge thing um back in that time uh with raw food and and brandon was one of them so he um was raw vegan for like six years and um then just through his own process realized that hey okay, this might not be the healthiest lifestyle and That's sort of when I come in. Um, I kind of came in on the tail end of his meetup era, and that's when we met. And um, he just, like, totally opened my mind to so many things about diet and supplements and health and um, spirituality and, and things that, like, always really interested me that I wouldn't have met him if I hadn't already been on that course. But I will say that, like, meeting him was sort of this, like, expansive experience for me of like, Whoa, there's so much out there in the world. And like, of course, just totally fell in love with him and he's super smart. And, um, we very early on knew we were going to be together and that we wanted um, we wanted to have a baby and we did. We got pregnant with a conscious pregnancy, um, purposeful. Outside, it's so magical.
1: Um, it's like, magical. That's so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was really special and Sage, our oldest, definitely we wanted her and she, um, she's such a blessing in our life. And, um, and anyway, so once we got pregnant, it just really kind of propelled me on this, um, home birth journey.
1: Mm. I love that. Yeah. So let's see. So you, you guys met you, you got pregnant and then he already was into this like kind of alternative scene. And I guess you kind of were too, right?
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, because I actually knew of him because of his meetup groups, but we never actually met. I went to his meetup groups, but there were always so many people that, you know, we were kind of like in the same room, but never made that connection. And then we finally did. And, um, and yeah, so we were already on that path. And and so for him, it's like the herbs and the traditional Chinese medicine and all this stuff was something he was already really, really deep into and um, is such a good educator about these things. And then he was also always very interested in EMF and the harms of EMF and how to mitigate that. And so um, that was also sort of in the background for him too. And he would have all these little, you know, doodads and stickers and paint and, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, But never really felt like he found something that worked, Mm -hmm. you know. And so for timeline's sake, it was we had Sage in 2011. And we started Shen Blossom in 2012. And um, it was just like a couple products that we were really into. and, And it has grown exponentially since then. Then Shen Blossom was our focus while we were also working our other jobs. And we were just growing this baby of Shen Blossom. And then we got pregnant with Luna. And, um, after she was born, then he found blue shield. And through this turn of events, he, he realized that this actually does something. Like if people are having these types of reactions to it, it's actually doing something. And so that's something we can explore a little bit, um, when we talk about that too. But, um, that got us into Blue Shield, um, just his curiosity
1: about that product. Mm, That is so cool. Yeah. We are definitely going to be talking about that because I have had my own experiences with Blue Shield, which is why, why I reached out in the first place. And then when I found out like, oh, Natalie has home births. It was just like the coolest (laughs) thing. The coolest (laughs) thing. Uh, So let's let's take it to that first experience with Sage. So you become pregnant. How -hmm. did you decide to give birth at home?
0: Well, so it was Brandon's idea, 100%. And um, I had never really thought about it. My father was a military man. And so we kind of grew up, doing military things and any of your listeners who are part of the military they know you know you, the doctors and the this and that and you kind of go through that that um you know lineup of what you're supposed to do and so I had never really given it much thought really and so of course I'm going to be a mom of course I'm going to give birth and because my mom's side of the family is very like no doctors, no hospitals. Oh, you have a headache. Here's some vitamin C go lay down, you know, like very, very hands off. So we had, I had those conflicting, um, uh, influences as a child that didn't really create conflict within me. I always felt like I was okay and I'm going to do what's natural unless of course I needed to do something different in which case I would. So I, I had never like given much thought to birth really mm-hmm. um, until I met Brandon who of course thinks about everything differently than most people anyway. So it just like, <laughs> it totally just, I mean, my mind was just blown open once he said, Hey, we should do this. Um, let's do this together. And I thought, well, okay, let's try it. And I started watching things, of course, like the business of being born or the business of birth, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. Ricky Lake's um, video was sort of one of those eye openers for me. And then of course I stumbled into Ina Mae Gaskin and spiritual midwifery and that just completely, I mean, love her book, mm-hmm. love, love that book. And I read it multiple times while I was pregnant with both uh, girls just as a reminder of like, I'm meant for this, Mm -hmm. you know, this, this is what I'm built for. Of course I can do this. And I want to hear what women go through and I want to read about it. And, um, and I always kind of felt like a hippie at heart. So that book always like felt right, you know? Um, So anyway, he suggested it, uh, but of course I needed to talk to my mom about it because she's the source of all things like sensible and like, (laughs) what's the best way to do this or say this or whatever. She's just so darn smart. So I talked to her about it and she said, well, I didn't even know you could do that. If I did, that's what I would have done, you know? And I thought, okay, well, got mom's support. That's all I need. We're doing it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing this. Um, so yeah, then, then it just went into, you know, research, research, and kind of realizing like what things I was truly afraid of. Um, and so, and I think it's natural to feel, to feel fear when you're getting ready to give birth for the first time or the second time or the third time there's like, it's natural because you know what you're getting into. And I think the best way to help ourselves when we're feeling fear is just to educate ourselves as much as possible and so that's what I was trying to do is just like read as much as I could and prepare myself and my body for of course the inevitable which is giving birth but also the things that I was worried that could go wrong you know like but what if what if the placenta lets go too early and I bleed or what if I tear and you know like all these things that I was afraid of and And those were probably the two biggest things I was afraid of. Um, And then, of course, the normal stuff, which is like, oh, if I go over too much time, the midwife will make me go to the hospital and I don't want to do that. And, you know, all that stuff. So um, I just read a lot and found a midwife that we liked and um, went through all the prenatal care. And really, my pregnancy was saved was super easy. I wasn't nauseous. Um, my biggest problem was I didn't eat enough. I didn't have any hunger pangs, So I would go like a long period of time without eating and then realize like, oh crap, I need to get some protein. And I'm literally bodybuilding right now. I need to eat protein and get food in my belly. So I didn't gain a lot of weight with Sage. Um, but I did keep a food diary to make sure I was getting enough protein and enough carbs and enough of, you know, minerals and stuff. And because of Brandon's background in health and stuff, I mean, he was just loading me up with, you know, supplements, right. Like natural supplements, like food supplements, but, um, not like food, food, you know, right. um, as much until I started forcing myself. <laughs> um, so yeah, the pregnancy was great. Um, I went into labor, Oh, funny! (laughs) It's kind of a funny thing. Is we got pregnant on Brandon's birthday, and -hmm. then we almost had her on my birthday. Oh, way from having her on my birthday, which would have been really cool, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe next time. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) I'm sure there's something to it. (laughs) Sage wanted her own birthday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can't blame her for that. Um, So anyway, we finally had her. when I finally went into labor, I was about a week late, according to, you know, the timeline and when you're supposed to have a baby. Um, and, um, it started off really well in the morning and just kind of a, you know, just built up throughout the day. And then as it went into the evening, it started getting more and more intense and, um, and the midwife came over and we knew we were going to be pulling an all nighter and, um, yeah, just kind of like going with it. And, then the, then the pain started getting really, really intense. And, and I was getting really tired. And, um, I found that like having hands on me was really important. It's almost like there was like an electrical charge that was going on inside me. And I needed somebody to like, uh, like be a, a conduit for that mm-hmm. energy. And so like having that physical touch was really important. And, um, unfortunately, like I, I was fully dilated, but I wasn't fully effaced. And so that was creating like, um, you know, a difficulty with Sage's head coming out and my water never broke either. So there was never like that direct pressure on the cervix to like thin it out. And so after, I don't know how many hours, like probably 22 hours of labor, my midwife was like, Natalie, if we don't get this taken care of, we're going to have to go to the hospital. And, I was delirious at this point and I was like, well, what do I need to do? You know, just tell me, tell me what to do. And so she told me this thing, which I think is invaluable. All moms should do it. If you are in labor, just do this the whole time. Like if this is the biggest takeaway, just do this. Every time you have a contraction, lean back for one contraction, get on the side for the next contraction, lean on your hands and knees for the next contraction, and then go to the other side and just do that round and round. And the baby's head is, Thinning out that cervix with each contraction. I I'm thinking to myself, why the heck wasn't I doing this like 10 hours ago? You know?
1: How would you have known if she hadn't told you?
0: Yeah, it's true. Why didn't you tell me sooner? I don't know. I don't want to shut up. Anyway, super valuable information. Um, and that did it. And it was as soon as I mean, I think I made one full round of that, and that's what did it. And um, and then she started coming down the birth canal. Um still my water had not broken. So she's coming down and call, and the contractions are super intense, and she told me this is so funny. She told me I can see the baby's head. And in my mind, like that's crowning, you know, like <laughs> crowning. I, I guess she could see like this much of the baby. <laughs> and so, I'm thinking to myself, I am done. I am done. I'm getting this baby out. I'm done. So I just bear down at that point and I Push like I've never pushed before, and took a breath mid push and pushed more. And I literally got Sage's whole head out in one huge push. And it completely shocked my midwife. She could not believe it. It threw me up onto my feet. So now I'm not in the tub anymore. I didn't mention that. We were in the tub. So now I have to give birth to the rest of the baby standing up <laughs> over the tub <laughs> over the tub and um and so I did of course and the next push she came right out and then I you know collapsed into the water and and um oh my gosh we're having a girl and it's just this amazing experience of um to me just I couldn't believe I did it I was um you're like, I'm just like sort of in shock, you know, um, of this whole thing and how beautiful she was. And, um, and then finding out of course that she's a girl and, um, just like the best surprise ever in my opinion, waiting on the genders. Like
1: Agreed. The oh.
0: you can't ruin that surprise unless you just purposefully go in and find out. And so it's like the best surprise of my life is finding out the genders of my girls. And, um, so, yeah, um, then the, my midwife told me she'd never seen anybody push that hard in her life. Like, that <laughs> she's like, I've never seen anything what like that happen. <laughs> heck, just happened? Um, and, um, anyways, then I get out of the tub and the Uh, placenta wasn't coming out right so it had been like an hour it was done like pulsing of course we waited to cut the cord until it stopped um pulsing and it wasn't coming out and and this was something that um I was really nervous about of course was the placenta and so um anyway I was like trying to get it out and anyway we finally ended up going to the potty and sitting over the potty, and. You know, I'm having the afterbirth contractions and all that, but nothing's really happening. And my midwife is like on her um, knees or sitting down on the floor in front of me. And she looked at me and she said, Natalie, do you trust me? And I was just like, yes. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I said it, it like came right out.
1: It was unreal. Whoa. That is (laughs) fascinating yeah wow so and and i will say i do think that the the toilet like that opening can you know just like that that ability to to like let everything come out is so helpful but the yeah. emotional aspect of that is really something
0: it totally is like it cannot be understated like our fear is so powerful our it's just, it's absolutely the most powerful thing is our mindset and mm-hmm. um, what we think we're capable of and, and it can affect so many things. And so, um, so that was huge. And then, um, so then after that, it was just great, you know, they were cleaning up and all things were happening and I was loving on my baby and she latched right away and we did you know, we breastfed for a long time. I will say, though, after I had Sage, I didn't bleed a whole lot, which was weird. And so um, I ended up going to the hospital about a week after I had her because um, all of a sudden I just started woof, like gushing and like big, big you know, like chunks and I mean, TMI, but it was bad and it totally freaked me out. And so I went to the hospital and they tried to make me get a DNC and like, and I about lost. And this is where my history of like, no, 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 no hospital. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. Do not do things that are not necessary. And I, um, I was really upset when the doctor told me that they were going to do a DNC because I know, obviously I just gave birth. I don't want you up in there. Stay out of there. And it freaked me out. And I told him, no, can't we just do, can't we just do a sonogram? Can't we just look in there and see if everything is okay? You know, I don't want to just go up digging around in there. And he fought with me and fought with me. And I finally, I started crying and I was like, no, I'm not going to let you do it unless we have to get a sonogram. So he's like, fine take me in sonogram. Everything looks fine. By that time, my blood work had come back and everything was fine. I just had really low iron levels, obviously, because I was bleeding so much. And he's like, well, everything seems fine. You just have a lazy uterus. Oh, thanks.
1: What <laughs> <Holy laughs> a jerk. Oh my God. What?
0: Oh, I know. And to think that they would have done that procedure. For no reason.
1: For no reason at all. I mean, and for it's some it's- reason, like they've got some reasons, but. <laughs> sure,
0: a lot of reasons why they want to do it. Um, but I absolutely wasn't having it. And, um, and I'm so glad I stood up for myself because that was a huge no for me. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely not. And sure enough, I leave and feel like an idiot forever ever going in in the first place. You know, even though, you know, all the things, I mean, I'm fine with it now, but I go back and like, It's like, it felt like if you were to like go to the hospital for like being constipated or something, you know what I mean?
1: We're like, (laughs) Natalie, seriously though, like that happened. I am this, we're the same where it's like, I'm not going there. I'm not doing things at that place. And I thought that I had like appendicitis. I thought my appendix was rupturing, like in the process of rupturing. And so finally I was telling my husband, like, okay, I, I think we need to go in, and we go in, and they like check everything, and they're like, "You've just got some really swollen lymph nodes there, and you're constipated," and that was that was a quick eight thousand dollars, you know, in the for for two hours in the ER, and then I happened to go see my um, Rolfing, so like myofascial worker, the next the next morning and he was like, oh, he's like, I am so sorry that that all happened. It's your ileocecal valve. It's like all messed up and wonky. I can feel it right here. We're going to fix it right. So they didn't even diagnose the right thing. Like they didn't yeah. even know what was wrong. Oh my gosh. But that's so funny you say that because that's literally what happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they're so out of touch because they use
0: all of these devices to try and figure out what's going on when really, if they would get hands on and a more holistic approach to what's happening, um, it would make sense. And that does make sense. I mean, I used to be a colon hydrotherapist mm-hmm. too. So that was like, like I used to help people poop all the time, <laughs> like literally just like comforting through the detox. And um, it was a very nurturing position for me. And this was before I even had a baby, but it's, it is, it's like, you have like somebody's most intimate thing Mm -hmm. that they do Mm -hmm. alone, usually right here. And we're talking to them about it and we're helping them through it. And, um, yeah, I mean, colon hydrotherapy is huge, but that's, that's interesting. And and I'm sorry you went through that, but it is, it's a big deal.
1: mm -hmm. It was a learning experience for sure. It's like, I don't know. And it's also just disappointing that that's what the system is at this point, because it's so like for people like me who are already like not interested in going, it's like, wow, you sure do make it like, you know, you make it really hard for me to ever want to go back ever again. I am definitely going to. You know, yeah. work it out next time. Yeah. I'm like,
0: Thanks for solidifying why I feel the way I do. Exactly. You know, and that's exactly, exactly what they do. That's mm-hmm. exactly what they do. So, so then after that, I I will say that before I had Sage, I had a lot of um, ideas, right? Like, this is wrong. That's wrong. You shouldn't, you know, designer birth, and you know, all this stuff. Like, just things that. I think I was using, when I think about it in like a a psychological standpoint, is like I created these really hard and fast rules because I needed to strengthen my resolve and my choice that I was making. I will say, though, after I had Sage, I told myself that I will never, ever, ever judge a mom for making a choice about her birth ever again. Like (laughs) that was intense. Wow. You know, like if somebody doesn't want to feel that pain, fine. There's trade-offs though. You know what I mean? There's, there's huge trade-offs. And, um, so I I went through that sort of mindset there for a long time then too, of just like feeling good that I made that choice, but not wanting to be so like, not judgy about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Dogmatic. Thank you. Perfect. Perfect word for it. Um, so, and obviously Western medicine has its place, you know? So, so anyway, then, um, Uh, Yeah. So then after that, you know, just raising Sagey and, you know, doing the breastfeeding thing and, you know, life's good and and all that. And then we got pregnant with Luna. Well, we had her in 2016 in July. So right at the end of 2015, we got pregnant with her. Um, And that pregnancy was totally different, like completely different in the sense that I, I wasn't worried anymore. I read all the books. I mean, I still read Spiritual Midwifery, again, just for fun, because I love that book. But um, I wasn't concerned about the tearing. I wasn't concerned about my placenta anymore. Oh, and by the way, I didn't tear with Sage at all. Mm. Um, That's even impressive. with <laughs> Even with the huge head popping out and all that stuff, it's still um still didn't tear which is crazy (laughs) i think it's because we were doing a lot of massaging with the oil and stuff like that you know which is um definitely important um and she was small she was seven pounds 10 ounces um so she not super small but she was you know a small baby compared to luna who was Um, huge okay (laughs) so into luna um we decided again that we wanted to have another baby and we did um we did get pregnant once in between there on purpose and um, ended up having a miscarriage. And um, then two years later, we decided to try again and, and, um, and have Luna. And, you know, so we did. <laughs> and, um, and I was just so much more relaxed with that pregnancy. I Brandon and I had a lot of sex. <laughs> I, I didn't worry about stuff. I ate a lot. I gained much more. I gained like 50 pounds with Luna instead of 20, which is what I came with stage. And I just, I felt good, you know? And, um, I saw my chiropractor all the time. I saw my acupuncturist all the time and just kind of loved my pregnant self, you know, that whole pregnancy. And it just felt really good. Um, and, um, I was pregnant for a long time. I (laughs) loved it. (laughs) I know it's a good thing. I loved it. Um, We went 42 weeks and six days. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I mean, I see pictures of myself like, Oh my God, I'm huge. I was huge. My stomach was absolutely huge. Um, and people were getting worried about me, you know, obviously your fluids and all this and that. And so, um, I just wasn't worried about it. I'm like, shoot. well I didn't say she, the baby's going to come when the baby comes. I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl, but I, I, I just didn't worry about it. Everything is fine. You know, my body's doing what my body does. It's good. And, um, that it just felt good to feel that way. And when people would try and put their fear on me, I just feel like, <laughs> no, it's fine. Nobody ever holds a baby for, you know, it comes this, out of it.
1: This baby will not graduate college in my room. That's what my, yeah. my midwife used to say that to, to clients that were nervous. And it's like, that is so good. Like, I yeah. promise they won't.
0: They won't. It just won't happen. So, um. but my midwife did call me the Saturday before, like on a Saturday. So at that point I was uh, 42 and five days. And she's like, Natalie, I'm going to make you an appointment, just get your fluids checked um, on Monday. And tonight I'm coming over and I'm just going to check you and see where you're at. Right. And I'm like, cool, awesome. This is a different midwife than my first one. And um, obviously, no vaginal exams, awesome prenatal care. I mean, the best prenatal care. It just, so good. But oh, so she's coming sweet. over to do her first vaginal exam to see where I'm at. And, um, she comes over and <laughs> checks me and she's like, Oh my God, Natalie, you are dilated to a 10 right now. What <laughs> up? Yeah. Like the whole, she's like, I can feel the babies. The baby is like right there at the cervix. Like I was completely dilated and the baby's just hanging out. Water never broke. Again, like, I'm just like, and I never had a contraction. I was just chill. I had like lightning crotch. Isn't that what they call it? Yeah. Yeah. So I had that sometimes, but like never like contraction or Braxton Hicks or anything. Just (laughs) so crazy. So she's like, we're having a baby any minute. And I'm like, that's cool sweet. So Brandon starts making food. We have smoothies. I'm bouncing on the ball. We went walking around the cul-de-sac, you know, we're just like hanging out, having a party. still no contractions. Gets to about 1030 at night. And she's like, Natalie, I guess we better get some sleep because this could start anytime. And I'm like, all right, cool. So lay down, (laughs) literally had the best night of sleep ever. I got woken up at like. I woke up at like seven in the morning with my first contraction. And it was, it was movement. The no, no contraction was without purpose here. And I truly believe no contractions ever without purpose. I mean, I think a lot of women are like, Oh, but I've been having attractions for 10 hours and other, no, things are happening. Mm-hmm. This, these are all purposeful contractions. Even your Braxton Hicks are purposeful contractions. Um, there's never no progress, you know, but these were like hip shifting. Oh my God. I could feel everything right now. This baby is coming right now. <laughs> wow. So the midwife and Brandon are like mad rushing, trying to get the tub set up and filled up with water and all this stuff. And I'm like, this baby is, she's coming. So, I labored until, this is so funny, 10.07 is when Luna was born on (laughs) 7.10, on July 10th um, at 10.07 in the morning, she was born and same situation where she's coming out. I push her out. The head came out so freaking fast. It like shot me up out of the tub and now here I am giving birth, standing up again. And I think that's that's just my day. (laughs) My, <laughs> that's my way. And I'm certainly not quiet about it either. I mean, I'm, I'm a very vocal birther and um, Sage, actually my oldest at the time she was in the house and it kind of scared her. Um, and there for a couple of years, she's like, I'm never having babies. I'm never having babies. Cause it scared her so bad. I'm like, honey, it's okay. And so I don't know. That'd be another thing I would really caution women with. It's like, if you want your kids, they're awesome. And I think it really pr- prepared Sage for the reality of birth um, and how important that is, that this is normal and natural. Um, but if they've never heard mommy make those kinds of noises before, this yeah. is, this is kind of life-changing for yeah. them, you know. And um, I still wouldn't do it any other way at this point, but it, um, because now she knows so much more about it now after all these years of talking about it and knowing that mommy did this and then, she, you know, that her, our friends have done it and other people, you know, like she gets it now and she definitely doesn't say she doesn't want to have kids anymore. She definitely right. wants to have kids. Whatever her choice is, I'm fine with it, but it's a reality nonetheless and and I think she got a pretty good introduction to that on that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. Um, so um, Luna's, you know, her head's out And I was just like, that happened so fast. And I was really um, just kind of worn out by that. And um, so I didn't push her out all the way right away. Like I, she kind of was there for a minute and the midwife was like, okay, now we got to get the rest of this baby out, you know? (laughs) So I got her out. And when we weighed her, she was nine pounds, three ounces, so big. Big Big difference, big Big difference. Um, but super healthy and, you know, latched right away and, um, all that stuff. And oh God, I just went down in my chair. Um, it, uh, (laughs) I hit the button. Um, so it was, it was like, uh, a really
1: beautiful birth, um, quick and had her by lunch. (laughs) To think like, if, if your midwife hadn't checked you, you would have gone – like, who knows how long? You were at 10 centimeters yes. just <laughs> hanging out fully dilated. And I also think it's so important, like, that lesson there is that being fully dilated does not mean it's time. It doesn't mean no. it's time to push. And I do feel like that can happen a lot where moms uh, kind of like – lean towards the midwife where they're like, "Oh wow, you're fully dilated. You you can try pushing." And it's like you were fully dilated for who knows how long, and you did not feel any urge. There was no like encouraging you to start pushing. Like it was like, "Okay, let's get some sleep. Let's wait and see what happens." I think that's incredible. And that is, I mean, what an interesting experience. And one thing I learned
0: to through- you know, contrasting the two is that with Sage, yeah, I was fully dilated, but my body obviously wasn't ready yet. Mm -hmm. If, I mean, it took that long, my body wasn't ready, but I was pushing. I was being told to push during that. And guess what happened? I got hemorrhoid. I, you know, like things happen when you're pushing, when you're not supposed to. Mm -hmm. Sagey was little compared to Luna. Well, with Luna, nothing like that happened nine pounds, three ounces, no tearing, no nothing. And it was just like, I just am like this baby's coming when she wants, it's going to be fine. I just was, I was committed to just being relaxed about it because you can't change anything anyway. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. It's like, no matter what, if I freak out about it or if I'm relaxed about it, the outcome is the same. Actually, the outcome might be worse if you're, high strung and been out of shape about it and worried about stuff, you know? And so I just was committed to making this as easy the situation as possible. And, um, and I think that's what happened, um, at the end of the day. And, um, it was, it was great. Yeah. Luna's birth is like dream.
1: (laughs) That's both of them are such special experiences, though. Mm -hmm. I've just got to say, I don't have not heard any other birth story that sounds quite like that. Like that's just, that's really, really fascinating. I, I love that. So when we think about the timeline, we've got, uh, we've got Sage and then we've got Shin Blossom. So what was it like um, building this company with your new baby? And then I'd actually just like to hear, like, I'd like to hear more about Shin Blossom because I know that this could be really helpful information to my listeners as well. Mm -hmm,
0: Absolutely. So when Sage was little, we were still really um, into like, the most healthy diet, obviously, we still are like all organic and grass fed and all that stuff. Um, But we've relaxed a lot in the sense, in a lot of ways, you know, I mean, once you have kids, I think you kind of have to let go a little bit of like, you don't want to be a control freak, you know, And, and kind of definitely let your kids explore the world around them and find consequences, natural consequences to things because of, I don't know, and maybe this is just me, but I think if I try and control everything they're doing, then they're going to rebel against me anyway. Right. And so I kind of want to let them experience the things that I, I know probably aren't best for them and let them come back to me when they need me to heal them again, you know, because that's, that's what mom and dad are for, you know, we're here to create the most healthy environment for you. And so when, um, when we started Shen Blossom, that's what it was all about. Really. It was about, um, it, it kind of has changed a little bit. When we first started Shen Blossom, it was more of like a co-op for, um, uh, for foods and things like that. We're, I thought it was important that people could afford healthy things. Right. So we were getting like wholesale accounts with companies. Then we were going to make it available for people Um, right around that same time um, or a few months, maybe a few months to a year after. um, And at that point, we were kind of trickling in our own products for our own product line. But we were still sort of doing that um, sort of co-op feel where, you know, you pay a membership fee or whatever, and then you get discounts on stuff. Um, that aren't our products, Thrive Market came out right after that. like, ah. And that's like Oprah and Deepak. And so you have to have a huge amount of money to create something like that because the, the monetary investment to create those uh, price breaks on product lines are just huge, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, not to mention the fact that a lot of that stuff is garbage anyway, because if you can buy that much of it, it you're, it's probably getting cut with excipients and, um, you know, fillers and things like that anyway. And so what that experience at the very beginning of Shem Blossom has done for us is just sort of honed our um, our focus, which is really on just absolutely the highest quality you can get um, and made traditionally. Mm. Um, and so our formulations are all in traditional Japanese um, style. Um, a lot of the things that we get are from families in Japan. We absolutely, there's no other source for the things that we have. Um, so, and we don't wholesale to other, uh, companies really. I think we have one or two, um, companies that we will wholesale to, but it's only like one product because we just don't have margins for that because the product, uh, the, the ingredients are very rare, mm-hmm. um, and very small batch. And so, um, Shen Blossom is this passion of ours, of, um, basically just pure formulations. Um, the foods are incredible that we have. And, um, and so, yeah, actually I have one right here. This, one of our most popular is our protect, uh, throat spray. It's the mint throat spray. And this stuff is incredible. And, um, I love it. I carry it with me everywhere on my desk here, but, um, yeah, so that's what we focus on with Shen Blossom. And when Sage was a baby, how we were raising her was very much a part of like the products that, that we're creating and, um, and also like what's going on in the world and, and stuff like that. So as far as like being a mom, breastfeeding mom or a pregnant mom to be is um, you know, there are a lot of things that we have that are completely perfect in terms of nutritionally. And um, like we have green elements, which is a great product just to fill in nutritional gaps that you might not um, be you know, getting in your diet. Um, and rice sprouts is incredible. I mean, there's so many and even yummy things that we have that even kids you can introduce to their diet. So, um, that's what Shen Blossom is all about is, um, is, uh, just making sure that your body is in balance. So your Shen can blossom mm-hmm. and if you don't know anything about the Shen. It's the, your spirit. Body, so we have the Jing, the Chi, and the Shen, and you can feed the Jing, and you use your Chi, and with these things we move energy in our bodies and do things in the world. But our Shen is most illuminated, I guess, if our Jing, if our Jing and our Chi are balanced and fully expressed or, or nurtured, nourished.
1: So that's what that focus is: is like putting everything in balance so that you can just. Thrive, be just the the most vibrant version of yourself,
0: right. and so you can reach your fullest potential, even spiritually. Because if there's lack in the body, then we can. A lot of times, it's hard to focus on on the mind or on the spirit. You know.
1: Wow. So, are there any? Is there anything in particular that just pops out to you that's like, or that you use that you that you loved when you were pregnant with Luna? in regards to shin blossom that it's like oh yeah they need to check this out
0: oh totally rice sprouts would probably be my absolute go to rice sprouts they're so tasty um and it's like just a powder um but it is sprouted rice that is um a dry powdered down and it and that's all that's in it and it's basically building blocks of life mm-hmm. um and so It's, it's incredible. It's so tasty. My kids love it. They eat it by the spoonful and um, it's, it's just sweet. It's naturally sweet, but there's nothing else in it. So a lot of times when you get like even a protein powder, like we have a couple of protein powders uh, that we call grotein. And um, a lot of times when you're on the market and you look at protein powders, you're getting filler. You're getting a lot of powders in there that aren't really doing anything. And then they fill up your little plastic container and it's only, you know, there's this much space left in the top of it and all this, but it's, nutritionally speaking, yeah, there's maybe some good stuff there, but there's a lot of stuff in there that your body has to process that it doesn't really know what to do with, or that's not necessary, but they have to make the money that you spend worth it for the amount that you get. And so what we do is our products are not the cheapest. And that's just a fact. And I, you know, I don't try and make any, you know, claims about that. It is true, but it's true for a reason because when you buy this thing, that's all you get is the actual goodness that you want out of it. We're not filling it up with other stuff. And so that was something that Brandon was really passionate about that I was really passionate about that if we're going to sell something, it's got to be the best and Mm -hmm. I don't want to fool with anything else. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that would be the one as a pregnant mom or the green elements is great, um, for that. Um, again, that protect immune throat spray is amazing. It absolutely blows open your sinuses and like, and it's a breath freshener, which I really like. It's just, That's a lot too right there. Yeah. I mean, I could go on and on, but I just recommend people go to the website and check out what we have. Our website's kind of old fashioned. We are getting a facelift here in a few months, but... um,
1: <laughs> I hate we technology, don't- so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I know we have a, a discount, a, a coupon code for, for listeners, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, so- that's right. Yeah.
0: So if they use the code, home birth is your coupon code. <laughs> and then they'll that off.
1: Everything. Yeah that's fantastic and then now i'd love to talk a little bit about blue shield which is the way that i you know found out about you and got in touch with you was because i was looking for emf mitigation in my home and this has been gosh how long have we had our blue shield it's been at least a year and a half i think um <laughs> and yeah and um i had struggled with A lot of symptoms. I have been highly EMF sensitive for a long time, and I've known that. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I can, like I can feel it sometimes. You know, when I'm out and about, like I feel it down my spine. Like my skin gets really tingly. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember I I don't really do a lot of doula work, but I did work as a doula for one of my friends one time in the hospital, and. They had installed five G, and I was just like vibrating in there. I was like, I feel like I'm vibrating right now. This is like the worst. Yeah. Hospitals um, are the
0: worst spots and uh, airports.
1: Yeah, and isn't it? It's like okay, this is where we're supposed to be healing, but like I am literally like, ugh. so. Anyway, one of the things that I um like one issue that I had was I had this really bad joint pain, but I assumed that it was just you know like inflammation related in the sense of like I've got autoimmune stuff so it's you know who knows what it is. Well anyway, so we got the blue shield. I I'd, I'd been talking to my husband about it a long time. We invested in it and put it up and he's always very skeptical. Like I'm the one that's like, "Listen, I trust it. I believe this." And he's like, "Yeah, whatever. We'll see." And <laughs> I had showed him like because I mean there are studies. Like it's so cool. Like there's actual like research that, that shows, you know, changes in your blood, changes in water, like structural yeah. changes. And, yeah. uh, so, but anyway, I, it was, I don't know, maybe th- two or three weeks after we, we got it. Maybe it was even a month. I'm not sure. But I remember bending down to pick something up and I bent down and I was like, there was no pain in my knees when I did that like the pain in my knees is gone, which was like a constant. Like I was just used to it, like so used to it. And the fact that, number one, the fact that that changed at all, that's enough for me. Like, holy cow, that is huge. Like that is such a massive change. But what's been so amazing is the fact that even though like, you know, I've got, we've got this here. Um, When I go out to other places, I'm less sensitive now. Like, my body has had time and my own home and the comfort of my own home to heal so that it's more resilient so like when i go out i don't notice the like shaking or you know well
0: and i can explain that a little bit for you it's because you have a resonant charge so we like if you hit a tuning fork for example right you hit a tuning fork and it vibrates at a certain frequency right and it will continue to vibrate for a long period of time. And that's what's happening with you is you're creating sympathetic resonance with the blue shield, your body. We are electrochemical water machines. We are little antennas with electrical pulses and everything going on in our body. And, and so you're constantly, your body when that blue shield is pulsing out at you, it's sending out um, a symphony of beneficial uh, frequencies within the human response range of longitudinal waves that your body's tuning into, right? And so you might not even feel it when you first plug it in. I think that's a, a big misconception is that people are thinking, okay, as soon as I plug this in, I should feel something. Um, and that's not the case. Um, and a lot of times, and if you think about it, like we don't even feel the the effects of EMF in most cases. Right. Um, I like to call the people who can feel it the canaries in the coal mine, right? Yeah. Because they're the ones that are letting us know that there's no oxygen here, right? The canary dies. Oh crap, get out mm-hmm. of the coal mine, Right. If, if there are people who are super sensitive, they're the ones that are showing us that something isn't right here, you know. Um, of course, there's a lot of powers that be that want to tell you that you're crazy or exactly. that you're up or that, you know, whatever. But there's thousands of studies out there proving uh, the harmful effects of EMF um, on on biological um structures rats, people. I mean, there's tons of studies out there. There's no lack for that. We know that it does damage yet. The FCC still does nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of their safety uh, data is based on something uh, that was done back in the eighties on a full grown man who was in the military, right? Like this is not, (laughs) this is not your target demographic anyway, first of all, for cell phone radiation. Um, And so Um, now that who are they targeting is children, you know, with the devices and the phones and all these things, it's, you know, it's getting younger and younger. And so it's definitely something to think about. But um, Dr. Martin Paul's work was really powerful, because what he found was that it was affecting the voltage gated calcium channels. And this is something that you can find out there a lot. But when when the electrochemical um, responses are, are messed with, On the surface of the cell, we have these little gates that open up to let calcium into the cell for different um, things that it needs to do. But when you have an electrical chemical or an electrical uh, signal going to the cells that opens that gate all the time, which is what is happening, voltage gated, calcium channel. I mean, it says it right there in the name of what it's doing. It takes voltage to open that gate. Mm -hmm. It floods Cell with with um, calcium and it creates a completely um different cascade of events that would happen if things were were going right and actually weakens the cell, it, it deteriorates the lining of the cell. And so what happens is then you get cell death. And so um there's there's so many things out there, and that's just the voltage-gated calcium channel aspect of it. There's like you could go down rabbit hole after rabbit hole on what this is doing to different cells and and how and why and and all of that. So definitely something um Um, if your audience doesn't know about it, definitely look into it. Um, our blog on Blue Shield, it's called education and it's just full of, uh, information and, and, uh, education for people to, to realize that like, okay, if you really want to dig deep into this stuff, you really want to look at this. Like you have to understand the electromagnetic spectrum first, right? That's huge because a lot of people don't even understand that. And so they want to call you crazy because you're worried about EMFs but they don't even really understand the electromagnetic spectrum itself and what kinds of things are happening in the military with these technologies and things like that. And this information is out there if you find it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's no doubt that someone, especially with an an immune, uh, condition would feel something, right? Because you're already have something chronic that you're dealing with. And then when you get this stress on you, it just creates... Right. You're, you're sensitive to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even found that EMS will wake up retroviruses that are mm-hmm. dormant in your system. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot here. There's a yeah. lot to dig into. Um, I would say though, if I was going to say something to a mom who was a little skeptical about EMFs in general, whether or not they're harmful, what I would like to, what I would like to share is that when you have a baby in, in your belly, Right. Specifically, a female baby, you already are carrying your grandchildren in your own belly, right because within the first so many days of a female fetus's life, she 's already creating the follicles of the ovaries that her eggs um, will be, and at that early stage of of that development of her eggs the Though that DNA is 10 times more susceptible to damage than any other cell in the body.
1: Mm.
0: So, what we have to understand is that we are affecting the lives of our grandchildren mm-hmm. with Instagram, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's important to get it away from your belly. You know, distance is your friend, regardless whether or not you have blue shield. And of course, I, I believe in blue shield technology. And I've talked to thousands of people who have had incredible stories of healing and and things like that that are just like mind blowing, like you can't make this stuff up. But if if someone was to just say, okay, what are some simple things that I can do? Right. It's like just distance is your friend. Keep the devices away from your body. Don't carry stuff in your pocket. Certainly don't put your phone in your bra.
1: Oh gosh, that hurts to see. (laughs) I saw some, some like young little teeny boppers at the beach, like riding around. This wasn't their bra. It was, they were riding around on bicycles with their phones tucked into their bikini area. And I was just like, oh no. Think about that. She is damaging her own Egg
0: DNA, okay, it's right there, already damaging that DNA of the egg that is not yet fertilized yet. Mm-hmm. Then, when that baby starts to form, its DNA is already damaged. Because the egg was. Yeah. Because yes. the egg was. And so, then if the cycle continues and while she's pregnant, she keeps doing that kind of thing, well, now she's only making it worse. Yeah. You know, and so, where does this stop and how the important thing again, I think is education. And this was something that I, I always talked about with people when I was on the phone with people who were calling into blue shield. And I don't, I don't do that aspect of the business anymore, but when I was, it's a, there's a lot of fear with, with, the EMF thing, because there's a lot of unknowns and you can't see it. Mm -hmm. So that's huge. Like you can't see it, but it's there. It's everywhere. I mean, these waves, they're everywhere. And they go from super low frequency, you know, radio waves all the way up, you know, obviously in the electromagnetic spectrum, you have radio waves all the way to gamma waves. Okay. Well, those aren't everywhere all the time, but what we do have is a pretty good range all the time of even natural radio waves from lightning and the sun and, you know, things like that. That, even natural um, you know higher frequency radio waves and so there's there's a lot there to understand and so just educating ourselves on how to best distance ourselves from the sources mm-hmm. so that's huge because EMF doesn't necessarily have to be bad right so infrared is on the electromagnetic spectrum but people get into infrared saunas all the time mm-hmm. right but you don't live in one you wouldn't right. do it all the time right mm-hmm. but little doses of it it's actually really healing and beneficial for your body and so this is something to always remember is that dosage matters too much water can kill you right mm-hmm. so always thinking about dosages and closeness to the source mm-hmm. which distance yourself as much as possible and your children because their heads are so soft oh yeah the baby
1: has and I've seen women, you know, with their baby and they're like on their phone. Nursing and, and being on our phones. Yeah. It's, and, and, you know, it's, it kind of lends itself to that because it's like you're not trapped. You're doing these things. Like, oh, let me just pull up my phone. Um, yeah. I just remember – I think it might have been Janet Lansbury that wrote an article about this. I really like her – a lot of her philosophies. But she was just talking about the importance also of eye contact – you know, in that time, and if we are so connected to our devices and looking away from our infants when we need to be giving them that eye contact, I mean, that's kind of like a double a double hit of not great.
0: Totally. On top of the fact that we know that newborns, that's their sight distance. Yeah. That's as far as they see is right there. You mm-hmm. and boob. That's mm-hmm. That's as far as their eyes can see. So it only makes sense that we should be looking at them. Yeah. You know, they're looking at us. This mm-hmm. is the one who's held you and carried you for this long, and I'm going to continue to do that. And that 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 bond is so important. And we're so distracted, mm-hmm. we're so distracted. Um, but you know, we can fix it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We don't have to do that. You know, we can take steps to to mitigate that. We can't we can't change our neighbor turning on their Wi-Fi. We can't. Oh, no. change- or their
1: smart meter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes
0: you can get a smart meter off your house. I got like, my
1: smart meter off, but I mean, your neighbor's smart meter. It's like, well, great. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, we even wrote a blog about like how um, people can put a 5G repeater on their house, like like volunteer to put a 5G repeater on their house because they want like better connectivity or whatever. And so they can do that. And and it's like, how is that okay? Like when we know this caused damage, how how is that okay that they can do that? If your houses are connected, you know, if you live in a duplex or if you're just really close by or what have you, you know, and we don't get a choice in this and that's the thing. And so just understanding like, where does our choice begin? What are the things that we can change? What is in our power?
1: And then just doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And, and you're right. I mean, there are so many simple things like you, I know you've got ethernet, but if you've got mm-hmm. wifi, unplugging your wifi at night. Massively beneficial for sleep and for your kids sleep and their ability to heal through the night um, I mean the blue shield device was just so life changing for me because, like I said, I was struggling so deeply with sensitivity. I was to the point where like the right side of my face would get would hurt really bad, which you know that was, that's my phone side. And, and, you know, I grew up when, as a teenager, cell phones had, you know, everybody had a cell phone. So I was able to use a cell phone. Yeah. And, um and so I, yeah, it's the right side of my face and my eye would be the things that would like start to hurt. And so once I got the blue shield, none of that d- didn't have any more problems with that anymore. And, and granted my habits, like over the years had gotten much better, but the damage I felt like, it's like, it's kind of already, you know, it's been, done and I was sensitive. But what was so fascinating to me, like this was, this was when I was like, the knees made a big difference. Like that, that, made an impact. The fact that I was like not having any pain on the side of my face was really crazy. But what was fascinating was last September, my daughter got sick and I was in bed with her for days. I mean, she was like really sick. We, I was in bed with her for days, could not get up. And a few days in, I was like, the right side of my face is hurting so bad right now. Like, what is going on? This has not happened in so long. Why is this happening? And all of a sudden, I had this weird thought, like, did the blue shield get unplugged? <laughs> And then I had this like faint memory of me unplugging it to plug something else in really quickly. And then I was like, I wonder if I didn't plug it back in. And I got up and I went and checked and I'll be darned, but that freaking blue shield was unplugged. (laughs) And part of me was like, oh my gosh, I wonder how much this even impacted the fact that she was like not able to heal the way that she normally does. I'm feeling awful. Like it has an effect, a massive effect. Well,
0: our immune—we mount an immune response to something, right? And so EMF is one of those things that our body will it will mount an immune response to it, but there's nothing it can do for it. There's yeah. nothing that it can actually do. So this immune response is happening, but um, it's like going into overdrive. And so what ends up happening is other things that your body needs to be focusing on aren't getting addressed yeah. because yeah. You're a constant invader, right? It's like you know threatening your body. Um, And so once you eliminate that threat, now all of a sudden you can start healing in ways that maybe your body wasn't able to do before. And so that's interesting when people get like a Herxheimer reaction or a detox reaction when they start using Blue Shield. Sometimes that does happen. Um, Not often, um, but when it does happen, it's usually in people who have immune situations. They're already struggling with something else that um, their body's now like, okay, here we go. Flush it. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Let's focus on this thing, you know? Um, and so there are ways that we can support ourselves, you know, through that situation. But again, like I said, it's really rare. Most people don't feel anything the same way most, people, like I said before, don't feel EMF at all. You know, mm-hmm. you don't even realize that it's a thing, which is why a lot of people don't think it's harmful, right? Right burn your hand on the burner on the stove. Oh, gosh, that's harmful. Don't do that again. But if you can't feel the cellular changes that happen because of EMF, you don't. there's nothing to fix. Right. You know? mm-hmm. right? And so um, that's a huge thing to, uh, to kind of wrap our head around and, and educate ourselves on that just because you don't feel it doesn't mean it's not doing anything.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, my husband is a skeptical one, but At this point, like, it's just so funny, the difference. So last year I had just gotten it and we went on vacation and I was like, I'm bringing this with me. Like, it's, it's coming. And this year before we go, he's like, you've got the blue shield, right? (laughs) (laughs) That changes. So, I this has been such a fascinating conversation, Natalie, and I bet that there are going to be even more questions stimulated based off of this conversation. And so, I love the idea of having Courtney, who works with you on, and will share her home birth stories, and then also maybe do some more Q and A based off of what this stimulates. So, um, in the meantime, though, for those of you who are like, okay, I've got to check this out, like what, what do I need to learn? What can I get? How can I help mitigate this? Um, I highly recommend checking out Blue Shield's website because they have so much information, so many resources. And I just, I mean, their products, it's the best investment. Like it is such an incredible investment. I will never, ever regret (laughs) buying our cube. Natalie, where can they, what's the best way to like, to get to your website?
0: Certainly. I'm um, going to Blue Shield and Blue is spelled without an E. So B L U S H I E L D dash US for United States dot com. And that's the same with getting a hold of us, too. Like we do get on Instagram and answer questions, you know, maybe once a week, but it's not quick. If you want a quick response, email us through the website or call us. And we're, we're really quick to respond that way. Um, social media is just, we're, we're a tight team. <laughs> and so social media kind of goes on the back burner a little bit. And we do direct communication with people um, through the website and um, definitely read the blog, like look yeah. at the blog page. It's, it's called education. Just click on that button and just dive into that a little bit um, uh, to, to give you some background on what's going on in our world today.
1: I love it. Home birth is the code for that as well. And that's, that's 10% off. Yep, right? off
0: um, if they use your code and we thank you and all your listeners, you know, just for being a part of this conversation, really, it's a, it's a huge deal. And just, you know, whether or not you're a blue shield customer or decide to be one or not, just knowing the harms of EMF, it's absolutely paramount in our world today, you know, and, and, there's so many times I've wanted to, when I see a baby or a little kid at the store with a phone or a tablet and like mom's using it to keep them quiet. I'm just like, oh, stop it. Just stop, you know, but everybody's on their own path and I don't know. We just need to keep educating. Yep. Just keep educating. Yeah.
1: That's the thing that the education, once you know, you can't not know. And, you know, and, and it just changes everything. So um, I'm so grateful for this conversation. I know that the listeners are going to love it and their interest is definitely going to be piqued if this is a new topic for them. Um, and I am just so grateful, Natalie. Thank you so much for sharing your stories, for sharing your information. You are such a wealth of knowledge and it was just such an honor to have you on the Happy Home Birth Podcast.
0: Well, thanks, Caitlin. Thanks for reaching out. It was such a pleasure to be here and meet you and, and uh, be a part of your community.
1: What an amazing episode. How incredible is Natalie? Just, oh my goodness, so many accolades. This is such a talented woman. As we head into this week's episode roundup, I have a few thoughts that I, I considered as I thought over Natalie's story. Number one, Natalie's births were all conscious conceptions thoroughly planned and prepared for. Now, while this is certainly not the case for many of us, isn't it so neat to hear what deep consideration and thoughtfulness that went into their welcoming of these new lives. I like to think that that deep consideration of Natalie and Brandon extends into every endeavor they take up. It's so clear to see that very same thoughtfulness in both of the companies that they run together. Next, the body is so incredible. Who knows how long Natalie was sitting at 10 centimeters. I love how her midwife did not encourage her to push until she was ready, which leads into the realization that size of the baby matters less than our ability to tune into what our body is asking from us. Natalie was able to listen to her body instead of outside opinions, and this led her to have a beautiful birth with her baby at 43 weeks. Normalize 43 weeks, baby! And finally, there's so much to constantly be learning in terms of how to protect ourselves and our families in a modern world where technology is changing daily. Unfortunately, these big companies and massive decisions don't always have our health and best interest at heart. As the caretakers and shepherds of our children, we have a responsibility to look into what's going on and decide how to best protect our little ones. I am so grateful for Blue Shield for making this easier for me and for my family and we've seen such a massive difference since purchasing our cube. I would never be without it at this point. And next week we'll be speaking to Courtney Taylor, a free birth mama to two and Blue Shield expert, all about her births as well as answering your specific questions regarding EMFs. It's going to be so Good. Do not forget this Black Friday sale through Cyber Monday using the code HOMEBIRTH for 18% off. That is so incredible. Okay, my friends, that's all I've got for you for today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode.